0: Point seven The Cave, KKLH, Marshfield, Springfield, a proud member of the Kansas City Chiefs Radio Network.
1: Touchdown,
0: Kansas City. Now it's time for Ned Talk.
2: And here we are in a glorious Sunday afternoon getting set for Game Two of the NFL season little recap last week we had some blocking assignments on josh robert's part there was a drop pass on uh, john oliver's part jay Mitt, uh, ned missed some punt coverage and i myself well i got a sprained ankle but other than that we got the win we're gonna take it we're coming out strong for week two i think we learned from our mistakes last week and we're ready to be better this week don't you guys
1: agree they are a very very good football team very good football team, and on paper they are the best in the NFL. However, hearkening back to the days of Pete Rozelle on any given Sunday. I wasn't right?
2: talking about them, Ned. I was talking about us. Which just proves <laughs> well, I that you haven't had
1: any fractured ankle. Did you, like you just don't even listen to me
2: anymore. We're just like a married couple.
1: Partially true.
2: Yeah. You, just, you just completely ignore me. That's Deb Reynolds sitting across from me. Is uh, John Oliver? John, how are you? I'm
3: good. The ball hit me in a bad place. It hit me in the hands.
2: Oh, no excuses. So. No No excuses. No excuses on this team. And how are you, Josh Roberts? Oh, I'm doing great. And I did not miss that many blocking assignments. You missed a couple. And it was one. obvious. Ned got sacked that one time. Yeah. Well. He had to scramble out of the pocket a couple of times. No, to no, 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 no. Ned
1: Reynolds was way beyond the scramble. <laughs> scramble.
2: <laughs> I've seen you scramble in here a few times. So let's t- let's let's talk about this for a second. We uh, we spent a lot of time last week talking about how there was a blueprint to beat the Chiefs. If there was a blueprint to beat the Chiefs. Obviously, if you watch that game, there is a blueprint for the Chiefs because they played that game just like, just about like they played every game for the last three years. That's
1: right. Yeah. Well, in, in all honesty and watching the game unfold, all I could think of was the Super Bowl game against the 49ers mm-hmm. because it mimicked that 100%. 49ers, like the Cleveland Browns, owned the game, owned it until one stretch in the fourth period. Yeah, of course. In the in the Browns Chiefs game, well, it was his fourth period as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the mistakes happen for a period of about uh, what five minutes, and then it falls apart. And that's what Kansas City will do to you. That's the pressure they put on there. It's also the pressure of playing at Arrowhead Stadium. Care what anybody tells you. That punter for Cleveland, when he dropped that snap, partially you can attribute that to the crowd's noise. Mm-hmm. Yep, I agree.
2: I was sitting there thinking while well, watching the game. Kansas City reminded me of an old-school heavyweight boxing champion, a guy that could just walk out in the middle of the ring and take shot, take shot, take shot, just kind of move their feet around, not do a whole lot for three or four or five rounds, and then about the time you come out, your arms start to feel like lead. That's when they start opening up. That's so, when uh, they start.
1: The the description you just made, that analogy was vintage Rocky Marciano. Uh-huh. That's exactly how he fought. He he'd get blasted out there in the center of the ring until he got you up against the ropes for a brief period and break your ribs and your uh-huh. gut and everything else. And uh, I mean, that's how he won.
2: Yeah, it was it was an interesting game because it was vintage Kansas City. We didn't see anything different in how they played the game. I know a lot. I, there was a lot of uh especially saw Sexy Rex Ryan talk about this Monday on ESPN. All the punter has to do is catch the ball and the uh, Browns win the game. And I don't think that's true because they were giving Patrick Mahomes the football back with a ton of time yeah. to score in that game. So I don't think the I, I was like, well, the Chiefs are going to win this if they get the ball back period they're just going to win this game so i don't think you can just drop it all on that poor kid who who left to pump you know that's the only thing that i thought when i was heard the criticism the next
1: day but if you avoid the mistakes, I think that's what uh, Ryan made more than anything mm-hmm. else. Like like the the pick, the fumble by Kareem was it was it Chubb or was it Hunt who fumbled? I think it was Kareem Hunt. I think it was Kareem, it was Kareem, Hunt. Kareem Hunt. Yeah, uh, that that was a key fumble because mm-hmm. the Chiefs turned it into a touchdown. Yes, Mahomes, Josh and I were talking about this. Mahomes gets so much headline credit for that tremendous pass that he made. He's not the guy who deserves the credit. It's Tyreek Hill yes. yeah. who deserves the credit for it. Stopping in his route that he's running <laughs> across the field, catching it, uh, turning around and catching because pass is underthrown, uh-huh. and then f- just sprinting past the defender. He's the guy who made the score.
2: Right. One of the things that really blew me away about this game, John, was how often do teams just drop coverage on Travis Kelsey? <laughs>
3: It's amazing to me. You you know when you look at the blueprint, I would think that one of the first things you need to do is make sure Kelsey's not over the middle and open. Mm-hmm. But time and time again, he's just so good at getting open, and you know defenders give up on him for whatever reason.
2: No, well, that cover two, that cover two, or that 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 shell defense doesn't work with him because he finds not the least. open. He's great at finding the open spot. Yeah, not in the middle least. of the field. Yeah.
3: Yeah. yeah, he he's excellent at that. But vintage Kansas City performance. Oh, my gosh. This was, you know, you said it reminded you of the Super Bowl. And I agree. I felt that way. You know, I I was a little worried, you know, in, in the third quarter. I was like, oh, I don't know. And the punt return, we talked about this a little bit off the air, Ned. So I'm not going to blame the guy because there is a lot of crowd noise. Things like that happen. It was a big momentum swing, though, and what makes it more of a momentum swing with the Chiefs is when something like that happens, whether they're down by two touchdowns or up by two, Kelsey, Mahomes, Hill, they are all waving their arms in the air at Arrowhead and getting that crowd worked into a fervor. I don't think you can underestimate, you know, the sixth man or whatever you want to call it at Arrowhead, yes. <laughs> <laughs>
2: the 12th man, yes. You just got the team in half there. <laughs> yeah, Josh, what did you think of the game?
4: Well, I there were moments when I was thinking to myself, why are they getting so cutesy? Why don't they just do what they do? Because that's the thing with the Chiefs is they have so much talent. If they do ultimately what they what they started doing in that game – getting the ball to Kelsey over the middle, getting the ball out in the flat, doing the things that that are nearly unstoppable with that team, they win.
0: Mm-hmm.
4: And so I, that's, I was impressed with the fact that they shifted gears and they started playing, like you said, their classic old-school Chiefs football because that's all they need to do. Until somebody can stop Kelsey over the middle, why would mm-hmm. you not throw the ball to him all
2: the time? Let's uh, change gears because we've been talking a lot about the offense, mm-hmm. but... This is the same defensive team that we've seen over the last few years. Spagnola's. We're going to take your best shot for the first two or three quarters of this. You're probably going to be able to score off of us, but we're going to keep it close enough that our offense can win the game. And then in crunch time, we're going to come up with big stops. What do you? That that's going to bite you in the ass eventually, don't you think?
1: It will, uh, but but when is the right. question? And is, is it, it going to be yeah. this? Well, yeah. it did last year yeah. in the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. But is it going to be a Super Bowl game this year when that happens? That's a very interesting point you bring up, Joe, because it is. It is. A, I'm not going to call it porous. That's not the case. But but the defense does bend as yeah. opposed to break. And I saw you saw that with Cleveland's running game. That's why I'm anxious about tonight's uh, ball game coming up because Baltimore has no running mm-hmm. backs. What are going to. The old folks' home, and the guys who are my age out there playing right now, uh, Latavius Murray, is, uh, uh, o. J. And, and
2: James. Is, is OJ in jail right now? Can I uh-huh. suit up? No. No. I
1: but,
4: Andrew, I saw Edgar and James at the Colts game today. They can probably suit him.
1: Up. But we're seeing we're seeing, uh, we're seeing a, a veteran crew. Get a Devonte mm-hmm. Murray is in there, and hey, th- these are guys who are way beyond their prime, but they mm-hmm. have no options. That's the other right. fourteen people on the injured list and mm-hmm. uh, out. So how w- or what Baltimore is able to do which against the Kansas City defense tonight, I think is going to be symbolic of what the Chiefs are going to do all year long because it shouldn't be very much in all honesty. Right.
2: Let's talk about this, start early round table here. I think when I went into this game, I expected to see something different from the Chiefs and a little bit disappointed that I didn't see it. It was just the same thing. Mm-hmm. Not well, even packaged differently. It was all
1: the same thing. Describe different. What, what did you
2: expect? Well, I don't know. I, I expected the defense to be a little bit better. Mm-hmm. I expected, I you know, the offensive line did a good job. I mean, Patrick Mahomes yes. was not throwing, uh-huh. sitting on his back most of the game like he did in the Super Bowl. So, I mean, that was, but it, it was the same Chiefs. It was the same Chiefs that we've seen for the last few years. And, and while that's a great thing, I, I, I guess, I don't know, my expectation, how, you know, do you, how much better do you get than better, than the best?
1: Maybe that's it. Yeah. Maybe you don't get any better. Yeah. Now, I want you to, guys, we're going back into history here a little bit, but Andy Murray, Andy Murray, Andy Reid with the Philadelphia Eagles also had that same level of criticism. Uh-huh. His teams in the early 2000s, great teams. Had the personnel to do it, and as a result, the uh, Eagles won. Yeah. But then when they did not have the personnel to do it, did he change? No, he did not. Because the year he was canned, they had 14 losses. Mm -hmm. And that, well, I'm not saying that's going to happen here. But you uh, you do have that philosophical approach of, hey, it wins. Stay with it. Don't change.
2: Well, stop right there. Because one of the points that you always bring up is, you know, we live in this chief's bubble that we live in. Other teams are out there doing things. The Chiefs need to grow and progress Mm -hmm. to stay ahead of the curve in the NFL because you can't continually do the same thing and expect the same results in the NFL. True.
1: And in terms of your drafting philosophy, that I think will be very symbolic as to how the Chiefs behave. You'll notice that in uh, past years, they went for the speed and the quickness. Mm-hmm. They did get some this year as well, but they also went for the offensive line. Mm-hmm. And that offensive line, they played well. They weren't great, but they, they played well. But this is the course, of, over the course of a season. Mm-hmm. What are they going to show in right. the next uh, 16 games that they have? It, it, it's, it's kind of a crapshoot in a way.
2: Yeah, John, I guess my expectation is the Chiefs come out with a chip on their shoulder. And I don't think they played that way at all. I think they played like, oh, well, that was an anomaly and we're just going to go on and uh, pick up right where we left off. What do you think? Here's here's the only
3: thing I'm going to disagree with you about on that. And, you know, you made a point. We've talked a lot about the offense. So one of the hallmarks for the Chiefs that I've seen is the games they lose. Nobody comes up big on defense. I saw the tide turning first. Chris Jones got through and annihilated Mayfield. That was a big turning point. Then you had Dan Sorensen, who's in there, you know, uh, Tyron Matthew is out for that game, made a huge play. And then you had Thornhill with the interception. So if guys come up with those big plays on defense, I think that's what puts the game away for the Chiefs. The times I see them struggle is when that defense doesn't ever break through. But boy, do they rally around that big play. And as soon as Jones got through... Everybody on the defense, I visibly saw, step quicker, more engaged back in the game.
2: Yeah, well, you could tell a big difference in the Chiefs' rush. What I saw the game, I because I really came in in the second half of the game, you saw a big difference with the team and the rush late in that game that yes. they have worn down that Cleveland offensive line and were Absolutely. able to get to Baker Mayfield. They were able to put pressure on him, and he could just tell the tide was going to change at that point because of the way the defense played. Josh, your thoughts on the game?
4: Well, as a longtime Alabama fan,
0: <laughs> oh, my
2: God. I'm all for
4: keeping things the same until they don't work. And so that's why I go back to if when you look at what works for the Chiefs offensively, there's no reason for them to change anything. And the problem that they tend to run into is when they do get cutesy and try to do trick plays and stuff, if they don't work, they're putting them in such a, a hole that that's what hurts them. Defensively, I think they looked better than I thought they were going to look. I think that the the secondary still needs to gel a little bit, but they didn't have Tyron Matthew playing yet that game. I thought that the defensive line, like you guys are saying, uh, kind of took over in the second half, which mm-hmm. is, was nice to see. But I hope I want to see a game where their defense dominates from start to finish so that the offense, if they want to do some silly trick
1: plays, they can without it hurting them. Josh, I don't think in all honesty, excuse me, <clears throat> I don't think there's a team on the schedule uh, against whom that's going to happen. Right. Mm-hmm. These are, It's a very tough schedule they it have. Is. And you can see the, uh, the, the uh, fallibility uh, with going through – 23 and 0 which they won now i just yeah i can see some uh i can see some failures coming up
2: you're listening to ned talk i'm on 104.7 the cave your local live sports talk show we have finished up our first regular season broadcast we're on to our second we had some good practices this week guys i was really impressed <laughs> yeah. with the way everybody really brought it worked on the things we needed to work on ned you were especially good in the film room Really good, <laughs> really good in the film. Or I had to say that to you. That we really spent a lot of time breaking How do you, how do you up. spell
1: that film anyway? I
0: mean, <laughs>
2: <laughs> what else did you see from the Chiefs last week? What what impressed you? I and, mean, on the other hand, worried you about the Chiefs. We'll start with you, Ned.
1: Speed uh, doesn't doesn't worry me. It impresses me. They yeah. have such quickness, and it isn't just on offense. They've very quick rallying defense. Now, that's not to say they're necessarily strong hitters. They are not. And you could see that Chubb uh, was able to break some, as was Kareem Hunt, at some tough runs. And you've got a lot of tough runners. Not tonight, certainly, but tough runners in this league who are going to challenge them. And you better wrap up these guys and throw them. Defensive line, yes, Chris Jones is there, but you run around him. Hey, just run away from the guy, and you don't have that to worry about. Do you have the kind of defense an offensive line and defensive line that can uh, guard against a wide open offense. I don't know because that hasn't been shown yet. Mayfield's offense is not wide open. It's very direct and formatted as to what he's going to do. But tonight against uh, Lamar Jackson. Yes, this was more of an ad lib offense. I don't think they're good enough to even challenge the chiefs because they don't have the personnel, but the philosophical approach is one that the uh, chiefs, there just just may be some liabilities on the Chiefs defense that could cost them. I don't think it'll happen, but...
3: What about you, John? You know, one thing we haven't talked about, and I want to point out is how good our special teams unit is. You know, that's the bonus with being so deep with talent at the receiver and, you know, other positions like that. Because you see other teams on special teams, and they may have a player or two that excels. I feel like everybody on our special teams each year absolutely thrives on downing the football, getting a good hit. There was a gentleman named Stacy Thompson for the New York Giants back in their heyday in the 90s. He flew under the radar, but he made the all-pro team every single year because he was that good on special teams. I I think we're one of the best in the league on that end, and I think that's, that's something that sometimes gets overlooked with this team.
2: I've got one question for you, and that is... Did the Giants ever have a heyday? Absolutely. Back in the, oh,
3: the Joe, Jeff Hostetler Joe. days. Well, they beat the, the Je- Bills. Jeff Bill Parsons. So let's,
2: let's yeah. you know. The tuna. Yeah, I forgot about those days. I did. I thought for a second there you said Jets, and I thought, <laughs> oh, no. Since Joe Namath, they've not had a heyday. <laughs> right. What about you, Josh? What, imp- what were you happy about? What were you unhappy about with the Chiefs' performance?
4: Uh, I'm still a little worried about the defense because they gave up a lot of yards, and not mm-hmm. to take too much away from Cleveland I mean I'm always going to be a downer on the Cleveland Browns for whatever reason but uh, that worries me a little bit because if they face like Ned saying if they face a, an offense that's a lot more wide open and has more talent then they could be in trouble there but I was impressed overall with the the way that the defense took over in the second half and the, the consistency that the offense showed for that the overall for the game so yeah, I mean you know we'll see the defense needs to
2: get better Well, the B team is here today. Josh Roberts, John Oliver, of course, Neb Reynolds, and myself. We're about, we'll say, 40 minutes from the A team taking over. Ned Talk on 104.7 The Cave.
0: You're listening to Ned Talk on 104.7 The Cave. Part of the Kansas City Chiefs Radio Network. Back to Ned Talk on 104.7 The Cave, a proud member of the Kansas City Chiefs radio network.
2: We're about 25 minutes away from the start of the pregame show here on 104.7 The Cave. We are pre pregame show, your local live sports talk show. NFL Jekyll and Hyde. <laughs> a lot of parody, as people say. I don't know, it's kind of crazy, but let's talk about the scores right now 23 13, Broncos over the Jaguars. Right now it's fourteen fourteen Cowboys and Chargers. If the Chiefs were to win and the Chargers were to win this game too, everybody in the AFC West would be two
1: and zero. When's the last time that
2: happened? Because I, it used to be the Chiefs had already
1: put it out of range by now. No, I have no
2: no clue. Last week the Saints blew out the Packers. Mm-hmm. They got blown out this week by a terrible Carolina Panthers team, twenty six to seven. Yeah, the Raiders two and zero. over the Steelers. 49ers 2-0 over the Eagles. 17-11. Sorry, Ned. The Jets, have they yet to score this season? Oh, wait. They do have six points in that game. (laughs) 25-6. The Patriots beat them. The Mac Jones era begins. The Dolphins looked like they were playing in the ocean today against the Bill. 35-0. Good game between the Rams and the Colts. 27-24. Baker Mayfield bounces back. Against the Texans 31 21 mm. the Bears win that's right, ladies and gentlemen. Ooh. you heard me the Bears win they beat Joe Burrow the next coming 20 to 17 Seahawks win Tighten. 24 to the other up 24 16 over the Titans in the third Chargers Cowboys tied at 14 Buccaneers 28 Falcons 17 right now and in a good one the Cardinals and the Vikings 31 30. What did you guys take away from week one Ned?
1: Well, the Arizona Cardinals going on the road and beating beating Tennessee, I thought was an extremely interesting victory. Yeah, the blowout the blowout in Jacksonville where Green Bay got slaughtered, oh. uh, I think was an anomaly. I don't think that'll happen again. You know, they've had all the disparity of team unity with Aaron Rodgers around this year and or this summer, I should say, and uh, that that just doesn't bode well for any kind of you know, gamesmanship nor teamwork or anything like that however that also is probably going to be a thing of the past they'll rally after all these are professional athletes and they have that level of professional pride to succeed not that the others don't but i, I look for green bay to come back that those two games i think were really significant uh, the heck the las vegas raiders probably should have lost their game mm-hmm. they were playing the baltimore ravens had the ball on the one-yard line, and throw a pick? Oh, come on, that doesn't happen. And yet they came back to win the thing. That may be this year's team of destiny, although I doubt it when they play the Chiefs. They're not as good as Well, you Chiefs. just
2: heard Mike, the intern, just, just cry. yeah, hear it <laughs> no,
1: all the I, way from I, Midtown. I don't think that's going to happen, though.
2: I, I have to disagree with you one thing about Green Bay. I think maybe this is the year that Green Bay just, you know, it, it, it all folds in. Too much stuff going on, too much uh, media surrounding the team, too much Aaron Rodgers, too much. Does he really want to be here? Do we want to play if this guy doesn't want to be here? How much effort should we put into this if the guy that leads the team doesn't want to be here? And that Pat Riley haircut, that's got to go.
1: Good. <laughs> you have to remember, Joe, they are also playing with a paycheck in the mail, and that paycheck is dependent on how they perform no, I don't think it's a matter of if and and but and who's going to be around next year. No, they're they're giving it their best. Uh, I don't doubt that at all. But what is there a, a level of teamwork that might not be there for other reasons? Yes, I think that is a possibility.
2: John, what did you take away from week one on the NFL season?
3: Uh, from week one, I'm going to say not a lot of surprises. So the Jets are still bad. <laughs> uh, you know, they're honestly, bad. they're not bad, John. They're horrible. They are. And then, you know, I think you know, with the scores you just read in week two, I think some of the trends you're already seeing are, you know, the Jaguars aren't, aren't going to be what anybody expected this year. Well, some people probably expected it. And then, you know, the poor New York Giants. I mean, I'm, well, I shouldn't say poor about anything New York because they, of course, had super dynasties. But it is hard being a Giants fan. I, I don't know that Daniel Jones is ever going to right side and be what I thought he could have been. It's uh, you know you're you're seeing a lot of parody, but you're also seeing some cellar dwellers that are already kind of emerging that look lost after two weeks.
2: You see that in New York sports so much. Mm-hmm. Um, I, as a Yankee fan, I see it because uh, you know so much pressure on guys like Gary Sanchez and mm-hmm. Glaber Torres to be things that they're not. Yes, I mean, Gary Sanchez is a two hundred and twenty hitter. I was going to hit three hundred home runs. And Glaber Torres is he's gonna get some big hit for you. But the same thing goes with football and basketball too. You see it a lot with the Knicks, you see it with the Brooklyn Nets, but you see it especially in football because there's this almost mentality in the in the tabloids in New York and the media in New York that if you get a good quarterback, if you get if you draft that quarterback, that's all you need. And you look at the Jets, I mean, they're already looking at the number one pick next year.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And are they going to draft another quarterback? I'd, I mean, what's what's going to happen here? Right.
3: We, we've talked about the futility with the the, the New York Jets quarterback club at the club of sadness. Yeah. And then, you <laughs> and know. those guys
2: aren't bad. I mean, it, they, no, none of them are bad. Mark Sanchez is going to be remembered for the butt fumble. Oh, he was a that's good totally, quarterback. that's a good though. quarterback. Yeah. And that's not, that's not to blame him for something. Yeah. That a, a lineman got pushed back into him. Mm-hmm. That's to blame that you've never put an offensive line <laughs> in front of quarterbacks <laughs> to save their lives. Right. And I mean, it, it, there is a pressure
3: cooker in New York and guys respond differently in every single sport. Uh, you know, they rode Eli Manning into the ground. Yeah, and he was a great he's, quarterback. He's a Hall of Famer, surefire yeah. as far as I'm concerned. And I can't imagine most Giants fans would not be on their hands and knees to have him back at this point after the <laughs> yeah. last two years.
2: Oh, yeah, but he's not coming back for Monday Night Football, that's mm, for sure. No. What about you, Josh? <laughs> okay, here are my takeaways. The
4: Jets are bad. He was ready. The yes. The Jacksonville experiment has failed. <laughs> Uh, I have mixed feelings because I love Alabama, but I hate the Patriots. Can we just not talk about Alabama? Well, but I mean, Mac Jones is a good quarterback, but I hate the Patriots. And I most of us hate Alabama. Well, that's good. You can hate all you want. You can hate all you want too. I know. And let's go right now. Oh, (laughs) and Aaron Rodgers needs a haircut. Those are my takeaways from week one.
2: Get a haircut, Aaron Rodgers. You look ridiculous. He does look a little bit ridiculous. So uh, we were talking about this yesterday. We were watching, uh, I was watching college football. Uh, Urban Meyer's name's already come up for USC. (laughs) It's insanity.
1: (laughs) What do you think? I mean, like. He denied it. He said no. no How
2: many things has Urban Meyer denied? Uh, Nick
4: Saban denied he was leaving the Dolphins until the day he
1: left. Yeah, but I don't think uh, either of them ever said, no way am I leaving. They said, well, no, not interested, or, or things of that nature. This is rather definitive on, on Meyer's part. No way am I leaving where I am now. Now, he may leave because they asked him <laughs> right. to, not. that's a different story. <laughs> he
4: may not be the Jacksonville coach, but he's still going to be living uh... in Jacksonville.
2: <laughs> is there any teams that you saw that you were completely impressed with?
1: Oh, gosh. Um My club which went to Atlanta and won 32-6. to I don't think that Atlanta is very good, and Philadelphia did lose today. But to a good San Francisco 49ers team, Mm -hmm. I think the Eagles are probably a little bit better as opposed to what people thought they were going to be. The Denver Broncos are also playing well. They're not not bad. In fact, in all honesty, I think maybe all four of the teams in the AFC West may be pretty good this year.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, maybe the toughest conference in football this season. Maybe mm-hmm. Chargers be. are a much improved team. The Raiders 2-0 at this point. They looked bad against the Ravens, but still won the game. Mm-hmm. you got to find ways to win games. That's that's the bottom line on all this. Mm-hmm. What about you, John? Anybody that you saw, you were like, this is a good football team. Uh, a couple of them. I, you know, I made the prediction about the Bengals.
3: They, I think, are much improved. Um, of course, they lost today, but again, it was a close, close game. And then, you know, other than them, I'm super, super impressed at how good the Rams have looked, to be honest. So that's uh, people forget that's a good football team. With the Jared Goff drama and with Todd Gurley, you know, that situation, they forget how much talent they have there. That team's going to be right back in the thick of it again.
2: Matthew Stafford looks different. He absolutely does. He looks younger. (laughs) He looks like he possibly lost some weight in the offseason. But he looked, He just looked different to me when I saw him in that game. And the, and the Rams did look impressive. That would be one of the teams that I would choose. What about you, Josh?
4: Well, that's what I was going to say. The Rams looked have looked really good in, in both mm-hmm. their games so far. Uh, I was kind of impressed with the Cowboys last week, but they're not really that impressive this week. <laughs> they're
3: hanging. <laughs> yeah, they're hanging with the Chargers. Come on. Well,
4: so, I, you know.
2: I think quietly, too, anybody has to think in the back of their minds, uh, Seattle. Oh, oh, yeah. Russell Wilson, Mm -hmm. if there's got to be a quarterback right behind Patrick Mahomes in the NFL, it's got to be Russell Wilson, and he does it really quietly. So that's my my pick. That's my take on it. I like that one. We're coming up on the start of the pregame show. It's happening in just a few minutes. But until then, you got us, Ned Talk, on 104.7 The Cave.
0: You're listening to NED Talk on 104.7 The Cave. Part of the Kansas City Chiefs Radio Network. Back to Ned Talk on 104.7 The Cave. A proud member of the Kansas City Chiefs Radio Network.
2: We are talking sports. That's what we're doing. Can you set for the game? It's coming up. Well, the pregame starts in about 20 minutes. And then kickoff tonight, seven twenty. Chiefs and Ravens. All of it right here on one hundred four point seven. The Cave. You guys want to talk college football, or you want to talk baseball?
1: Baseball is coming down to the boiling point now. I think we should address that. Yeah. Okay, let's talk baseball. I'm really
2: not interested anymore. My team's fading very quickly.
1: So they're still in it.
2: Let's just. uh they lost two to Cleveland. I, 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 I turned on the game yesterday. Yankees are my team. Do I get the? I'm, I'm on the Alabama. Of, uh, of baseball. I, I'm a Yankees <laughs> fan. Uh, I sit down to eat lunch. I saw them give up a home run, one nothing, no big deal. Go out, start working on the yard, come back in. About an hour later, 10 to nothing to Cleveland. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and so they are now nine back, and they are a game and a half back of the Blue Jays and two and a half back of the Red Sox. So it looks like it'll be the Blue Jays and the Red Sox. But the Cardinals are, I mean, they're there, they're right there in it. They are, yeah. Uh,
3: you've seen a big turnaround with the offense right now. That's the key. You know, the, the pitching's been decent all year. They've had some real stinkers, but they've gotten their mileage out of Jay Happ. They've gotten their mileage out of John Lester, and they've kept them in ball games. and guys are clicking right now offensively. Wait,
2: wait. I heard a lot of complaints about those two pickups at the trade deadline. You, you didn't hear them
1: from Serviceable. me. Serviceable.
3: Serviceable arms. Sometimes you need those. You need to eat innings. And by the same
1: it. token, though, just as a point of argument, did you see who the San Diego Padres started today? Okay. Another one of that group, Arietta. <laughs> Jake Arrieta. And oh, oh my gosh. bombed for five runs in the first inning. Yes, Thank he you, did. sports fans. My, I, I know you're going to ask me this anyway, so I'm going oh, <laughs> to... My, okay. my points are very much influenced by my thoughts on the second team being in the wild. I wasn't in favor of it in 2012. I'm not in favor of it now. I think it rewards mediocrity. Mm -hmm. Those who are saying that the Cardinals are playing now the way they should have played, (laughs) now they should have played, yes, but the way they could have played all season, no. The way they could have played is how they played. And they are not a championship-level team and shouldn't be in the playoffs. All right, now here comes Cardinals Nation down. Get his head. (laughs) Stomp on him. (laughs) It, they will be the second team in the playoffs in a in a two team playoff if they make it. I think they will. Mm-hmm. They are on a roll right now. They're red hot. If that ends and it will somewhere along the line, how how does it collapse? And and what does it what does it represent about this baseball team? Mm-hmm. They're they're playing great. They are playing great now. They're getting the key hits. They're also getting. A little bit of luck, a three-run homer in the eighth mm-hmm. inning when you're down by, what, uh, two to one. I think the mm-hmm. score, a uh, two-run homer, I should say, not three run. And then today, you get five runs in the first inning, yep. win nine to eight. Is that what it was? Or I eight think it was seven? eight to seven. Eight, eight to seven. seven, yep. Well, all right, they get the Brewers for four straight games, mm-hmm. get the Cubs for three games in Chicago. This is seven games on the road, and then they end the season at home. I think they are probably pretty well set because they're three and a half games ahead of San Diego. Mm-hmm. I think they're three and a half ahead of the Cincinnati Reds too. Philadelphia could sneak in there, but I'm, I don't have any confidence in the Phillies at all. I think the Cardinals are in. I think they have that wild card for what it's worth, which is a one-game playoff with probably the Dodgers. Mm-hmm. I think Oof. the Dodgers are going to be the one, although that's that's hardly in stone right now. It could be right. the Giants, but wherever it is, it'll be on the West Coast at that park. Then, uh, then you run in one game. Mm-hmm. Season could be over after that one game. Then you're a best of five after that. So there's so so steep a road to go through. Mm -hmm. Your viability as a baseball team is going to be put to a test. Keep in
3: mind that one game playoff will likely be Scherzer or Kershaw versus, and I
2: don't
1: think you can start anyone but Wainwright. Adam Wainwright, have to be.
2: Who's a potential Cy Young
1: candidate this year? I think he deserves some looks. I really do. 16 wins with a team like that. Uh, He did pitch last night, and he got battered around last night. But that's going to happen. It's the way he he has learned to pitch, and he is pitching so well, and he is going to be back next year. I think he does deserve some looks, but uh, so do guys like Walker Bueller and people like that.
2: The Cubs uh, are out of it, Josh, so I know you don't really yeah. care. Do you want to talk about Alabama?
4: Well, I was going to say baseball season <laughs> ended with the 2021 fire sale in Chicago, so I hope the New York Islanders win the World Series.
2: <laughs> <laughs> if it wasn't for that second wildcard team, we we have two races, really, that are going on at this point, mm-hmm. and that is... Uh, Phillies have made a nice comeback they have they are one game behind the Braves in a uh what is a mediocre division mm-hmm. I mean the leading team is the Braves who's the 76 and 70 record
1: uh, Joe, can I interrupt for just a split second no am, because you don't'm like- going I'm going to just for just for a split second <laughs> therein therein lies the backing of my argument Philadelphia stands a greater chance of winning their division than they do of getting a, a wild card that's first. true now
2: yeah. how sh- how can that be mm-hmm I, you know, I don't know. I don't know what to do about that because you see it in almost all sports. Yeah.
4: Well, and um, every
2: sports fan
1: wants more opportunities for their team to be in the playoffs. Well, then make it for everybody. Yep. Make it for everybody. Start <laughs> use use all thirty teams in Major League Baseball and start let them play the season. Doesn't mean anything at all. Then have them uh, have them do the playoffs. Well, it becomes it's hockey.
2: Them. It becomes hockey. Yeah, yeah right. Right. Or, or NBA or it's the NBA. Much, yeah, pretty much it's MB- the NBA. Regular
3: that way.
1: seasons mean nothing in those two sports because sixteen uh, teams make it to the playoffs. Let's start body checking in baseball too. And see Ooh, what that. Now that I'm all <laughs> for it. What,
3: what did Carlin won? I think
2: landmines in the
3: outfield.
1: Always <laughs> yeah. oh, coming home. <laughs> see
2: what I would like. I, what I would like to see, you know, when we talk about playoff situations, is that uh, they've talked about letting all the teams in the NCAA play in the tournament, and it only adds like a, an additional round. I think to it, the it's an
1: additional two rounds. Is Internal what it would be rounds. because yeah, let them all in. Them, them all play. Half of them ended at the uh, first game.
2: Let them all play. Let's wow. let's let's see how it turns out.
1: And you know that who would was the backer of that plan, of all people? John Wooden at UCLA. Oh, he yeah. said, let's not have the argument. Let everybody play. You oh. divide the field in half after the first round, and it goes from there.
2: And you're playing the entire season for seeding. Yeah. And I don't see anything wrong with that. Yeah. I mean, it gives everybody a chance.
3: It's, it's hugely frustrating, though, and this happens in the NCAA. If you're that team that you know almost ran the table that had two losses and you get upset by a team that won two games the entire season. You know, it's... But that's well, the
4: beauty of basketball is that opportunity seems to still be there. Yeah.
2: Well, Josh is naturally going to support that because he likes sports that are rigged <laughs> from the very top. I mean, he's an... Ins- he, you know, you like college football, rigged. Soccer, rigged. So those like are like hockey. Of- is it rigged? Yeah, a little bit.
4: Uh, oh, no, it's not. It's just what, it's what it is, eh? Right? Yeah. Not more than the NFL. Yeah. <laughs> Now guys, you are someday, really someday. Josh well. is, going,
2: is going to tell you his theory about the NFL yep. on the air, and then we'll, uh, we'll and that'll we'll be open the last the you hear of me. We'll open up the phone lines yeah, after that. that. See strange. how that turns out.
1: Don't even even start with that seed of doubt. No, there are strange plays that occur. Yes, but they're going to be strange plays in any kind of athleticism. Uh, it does happen but no i can't i can't see any of it being
2: strange plays like the referee turning to tom brady during a playoff game and saying don't worry we'll take care of you is that, <laughs> yeah. what, is that what you're talking yes. about exactly is that what you're is that what you're mentioning no. back to the
4: thought of every team playing in the in the NCAA the college basketball has the infrastructure set up to do that better than any other sport oh, by far yeah by because far because their tournament is so big already yes. adding another round or two isn't that big of a deal they've got mm-hmm. all the travel logistics and everything it would be hard for Professional sports to do it, I think, just because, especially baseball. Just because baseball has such a compact playoff system. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, they could do it in college football, but <laughs> <laughs> nobody. They, would they want that.
1: They're about to do it in college football. Well, they're going to close. know yeah. on. Right now it's twelve. Oh, are they? You know, are they least, still talking about twelve? That's the plan. Twelve, but it's going to go to sixteen. It mm-hmm. will. Oh, I know it will. Especially I, when is you. Is it twelve this season? No, 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 not this season. That hasn't been specified when it's going to happen, but it will. <laughs> no, they already said it will. <laughs> right. They I think they the just yeah, do but eight. that's
2: that's total NCAA BS. <laughs> you got come it. on. It's we're going to go to twelve, which is not going to
1: tell you when. Well, that's, yeah. that's it though. <laughs> yeah. It's it's the same with the conferences changing. Oklahoma and Texas. Well, it won't happen until nineteen, 19 2025, 20, mm-hmm. because that's when the contract ends. Rubbish! They'll be there by twenty twenty three. Yep, I promise yep. you, they will be.
2: The NCAA is the sports equivalent to a uh, a girl that teases. That's exactly <laughs> what. They,
1: exactly. <laughs> there are no such
2: things, are there? Eleven Come minutes on. away from the start <laughs> of the pregame show, right here on one hundred four point seven, the Cave. <laughs>
0: You're listening to Ned Talk on 104.7 The Cave, part of the Kansas City Chiefs Radio Network. Back to Ned Talk on 104.7 The Cave. A proud member of the Kansas City Chiefs Radio Network. Microphones are on, guys. (laughs) I really sneak the
2: microphones on for these guys sometimes. Oh, man. Let them know what's happening in the studio. It's time for our predictions. Let's start with Mr. Reynolds. What do you think, sir, will happen in tonight's game?
1: No low contender. I can't see the uh, Baltimore Ravens even staying on the field with Kansas City. They might early, but Casey blows them out of the ballpark. I'm going to say Chiefs 38, Ravens 17.
2: John,
3: using my psychic vision, I'm going to say it's (laughs) the Great Creskin Chiefs 27. Ravens 21. I'm going to have it a little closer.
2: 27-21. Okay. What do you think?
4: I think the are going to win by a couple of touchdowns, so I'll say like 24-10. to 10. Okay,
2: let me stop everybody right here because first of all, last week, my friend Kyra Horn. Kyra, I hope you're listening. She was yelling at me in the car because <laughs> I, I picked <laughs> the Cleveland Browns to win last yes. week and I explained to everybody. Let me go over this again for those of you listening at home. <laughs> For those of you scoring at home, <laughs> or those of you that are alone, my... why well, you have choo- taken us down I am day, believe me. I am, I am choo- uh, I, I'm picking against the Chiefs all season long because I am so terrible at this. <laughs> I am so horrible that I feel like that I'm helping the Chiefs by picking against <laughs> them. And I think this whole exercise is ridiculous. Just, Just
3: for information, Joe drives a... <laughs>
2: It looks like a bread box. Right? Um, I uh, This is the score that I pick. I am picking the Ravens, and I think they'll get 1,000 yards rushing in the game tonight. <laughs> it'll, be, it'll be considered the greatest NFL rushing game ever. They will do nothing but rush in the game, and they will win by a score of 17 to 1. They will uh, have scored 18, but they will take one point away and give it to the Chiefs. <laughs> on a penalty oh that's God. that's my pick for the game playing today. canadian uh, football okay. right? yes <laughs> that is we're doing they're they're gonna tell that NBC's gonna start the game tonight nobody knows this but i've spoken to chris collinsworth <laughs> and he said that they're gonna go with canadian rules tonight yeah it was roger goodell's trying to you know throw a little pizzazz in the game right now <laughs> morrison webster and carlton they do our player of the week who was your player of the week last week ned
1: You have to give it to uh, Tyreek Hill. I think the guy has such an outstanding game. And as we mentioned earlier, the Hail Mary pass that got Mm. so much publicity that Mahomes threw. Yeah, he threw the ball on the run, but it was Hill who made the catch. And that was the key. I'll give it to Tyreek Hill.
2: Who do you think it was, John?
3: Oh, boy, that's a tough one. I'm going to give it to Sorensen if we're talking about the Chiefs. He he came up big.
2: Yeah, you know he's either he making a big play or he's getting burned. That's right. <laughs> yeah, feast or famine. So, what is your pick, Mr. Roberts? I'll say Kelsey. Really, mm-hmm. he was solid. My pick for the player of the week is Jamie Gillian. He is the punter for the <laughs> Cleveland Browns. He oh is the gosh. one that I, cho- <laughs> <laughs> that I will choose for the player. Boy, I'm really, uh, I'm really trying to hammer everything home this week. Awesome. <laughs> anyway. Should be an exciting game. Kickoff is coming up at 7.20 tonight. Art Haynes, Mitch Holtis, Dan Israel, they're coming up next with the Chiefs pregame show, so you don't have to listen to me anymore, Ned. If I'm still alive, I'll see you next week. And you may not be. I may not be. I may not be employed this time next week. John, I will see you next week, too. And, Josh, you guys have a good one. Jake Gallette, I think, will be with us next week, so we have some good. chair figuring out to do.
1: We're, it's, we're, uh, we're at 10 a.m., I believe.
2: We're at 10 a.m. next week. Make sure you join us, and whoever's hosting the show right here on 104.7 <laughs> The Cave, it's Ned Talk. <laughs>